0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Girls Next Level. What are we excited about today, Bridget? q and and a Yes, I'm also <laughs> excited because we ordered a pizza.
1: Oh, yes. So
0: we'll be having a pizza in the middle of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Because it's the same one we got during our moment. And it's so good. So thank you all for the questions. We got questions from our Patreon Discord. And we got questions from social media. And the first question I have, and I'm curious what your answer is, Bridget, because I, I don't know. Somebody asked, did your boyfriend friends watch you on Girls Next Door before they met you and I'm gonna say I hope the fuck not <laughs> not, not because there's any secrets or anything like he's very like aware of my past and stuff But it's just like that cringe feeling. And I'm not even picking on Girls Next Door when I say that. It's just like we cringe when we look back on ourselves in high school. Like if you had video of yourself in like junior high and maybe it wasn't cut the way you love, it it wouldn't be your favorite thing for people to watch. And also I feel like if I somehow found out that he used to watch that show, I feel like that would be so weird because that's just not the kind of thing he's into at all. So I'm going to say... I hope the fuck
1: not. <laughs> um, I don't think Nick was an active watcher of the show. I think maybe, I think he definitely knew of it. Mm-hmm. And he might have like caught a glimpse of something here and there if it just like happened to appear on TV or he was flipping channels. But I don't think he's watched it. I think when I watch an episode for the show, it's all new to him. Yeah. And he like makes fun of me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The next question was somebody asked what the most difficult Playboy murder story to talk about in the Playboy murder show. I'm going to say the first one we covered, which was um, Jasmine Fior, because that was one of the most recent ones. It was somebody I just barely missed meeting. She came along like right after we left. Our friend Stacy knew her and um, her Murder was done in a really, really brutal way, which I don't ever get into detail on when I'm like talking about it apart from the show or doing press just because I want to be respectful. And it's just hard, harder to talk about, I think, a more recent murder because there's real people out there who lost a loved one. So.
1: Next question is, when's your next live moment? Well, I don't know, Bridget. When are we doing it? I don't know. I don't know. We
0: haven't like set up a date or anything, but we really enjoyed the first one. If I had to like brainstorm right now on when we should do it, I would say maybe like September just because I feel like people are kind of checked out in the summer
1: oh that could be that's a bummer though because I really want to do the auction book thing and I can't wait till September to look through the auction books
0: yeah so let us know um, if we should do one sooner we didn't want to like bombard you guys and do one like super soon yeah you know what I mean we never like to do that like even when we first came out with merch we're like let's pace the moment away from the merch because we love how involved you guys are and we love putting out content but we don't ever want to make you feel like bombarded or like you have to choose one or the other or like it's too much at once yeah yeah totally like we respect your time and how you choose
1: to spend your money and all that so we pace ourselves next question is who had what rooms when you guys moved in also did Bridget have a different room before her main one No, I was always in room three.
0: Yeah, you were always in room three. I moved around a little bit within my first few months. I started staying in room three when there were three beds in that room. I shared it with one of the other girlfriends. And I would say within like a week or so, I moved into bedroom five because another girlfriend moved out. And I remember feeling so lucky to get that room because there were not enough rooms for all the girlfriends like he had seven girlfriends and not enough rooms so usually there were like people doubled up in bedroom three or out in the guest house so because I was the newest and got my own room I felt really lucky and then of course I moved into the main bedroom a few months after that.
1: I was always in bedroom three, but it wasn't always just my own bedroom. Like I had to share it with people for a while. And some of the people were fun to share it with. Like Stacy and I got really close because we shared a room. Crystal and I were really close because we shared a room. But then I also got stuck with just like randoms that came out with us. And so that kind of sucked.
0: That's a little unsettling because you don't know these people. Yeah. But then at some point it became just my room. Okay, this next question, I'm kind of excited about talking about. I don't know why. It's just so random. And I think the reason this has come up in the questions is because somebody was doing an Instagram story about it and saying it was like shady, which I didn't really know about. But people are asking, you guys have to explain the benchwarmer cards. I'm so confused. Bridget, what is a benchwarmer card?
1: They are like baseball cards, but instead of being baseball players, (laughs) they are girls, like models.
0: Collector cards. So there would be cards with just a girl's picture and like some stats about her on the back. And sometimes they would do ones where they would like cut off a piece of the costume in the picture and or put were it kiss, inside the card. There were kiss cards. God, the kiss cards make me gag. Annoying. So anyway, the thing about these cards is there's this company called warmer and the guy, Brian, who ran it would get like all these models to pose. And you got paid a little bit of money. I don't remember what. But I felt like the value in doing it was more to get the pictures in the photo shoot. Did you feel that way? Yeah, for sure. Because back then before everybody had a front facing camera and a ring light stand and a remote for their phone, like getting a photographer to take good pictures of you, you know, it cost money and somebody, or somebody had to do that as a favor. So I always kind of wanted to do the bench warmer cards because I liked Dan Peterson's photos, the guy who took the pictures. Interestingly enough, Dan Peterson was one of the original Chippendales. Did you know that? No! He's in the documentary, yeah. But I loved his pictures. I like how he retouched them. I thought they were cute. So that was kind of why I would always go do the bench warmer shoots. And sometimes you would do like buddy cards. Like it would be all me, you, and Kendra on one or me and you or, you know, stuff like that. And they would have themed ones for like the holidays and stuff. Wait, but
1: we did them way into Girls Next Door and stuff too.
0: Yeah, we kept, we started doing them before Girls Next Door when we were at the mansion and kept doing them kind of throughout the years. But there was a point where I stopped Yeah, because the thing about it is to get paid for it you had to sign a lot of the cards. And then there were, like you said, 500 cards. They would be like boxes of these cards. And then there were kiss cards, like you said, and they would want you to put on like this bright red lipstick and leave your lip print on these cards. And you would have to do so many. Like I remember bringing mine into your room on like a, fun in the sun where it was raining out and instead of scrapbooking we would sign our bench warmer cards and holy shit was it tedious because there were so many yeah and it got to the point where when we were deeper into Girls Next Door, I stopped doing it because I'm like, I don't just don't have fucking time to sign all these things. But I always thought it was kind of like just a fun, cute thing. I didn't really think much of it. Yes, the signing and
1: stuff was tedious. Well, I loved it because we got to go. They did. They offered professional hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like you said, a professional photographer. We brought in our own, own wardrobe, but I think they had stuff you could pick from and props uh-huh. and stuff like that. So it was a really fun experience. And you always ended up knowing a lot of the girls that were there on the same day that were shooting or if not you met people and then there would be fun parties to promote the cards too and they were always like themed like this is the holiday one yeah these are sporty ones these are bikini ones these are whatever so you got to be creative with it and have fun yeah so that was my experience i always
0: thought it was positive i just stopped doing it after a while because they wanted you to sign way too many cards and didn't have time but I think the reason people are asking is because like Crystal said in her Instagram story, like the bench warmer guy reached out and she said something like, hi, I hope you've moved on to better things. You take advantage of women or something like that. I'm probably misquoting. And I'm like, what happened in the Benchwarmer world after we left? I don't know. I'm so curious. I don't know. Yeah, I have I no idea. I don't know the drama. Maybe somebody will hit us up in the comments and tell us the yeah. story, if there's a
1: story. It was a neither here nor there thing, although I did just get somebody tagged me in an Instagram photo where they did a card of my feet, which but is a little... But you've never seen that card, so they must have like put it out after you were involved with Benchorby? Yeah. I feel like they still are using our stuff, maybe. Or not. not maybe not now, but were. Like long after we left, like doing things like that with the photos.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. But I don't know. So back to Trashy Slug, love that name, asks, I know there was a 9 p.m. curfew, but was there a certain time you couldn't leave the mansion before? What would stop someone from leaving at midnight and coming back at like 9, 10 a.m.? It was just understood that you weren't supposed to be out at night, and that was the whole point of the curfew.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: I think if any of us were leaving the house while it was still dark, it was because we were up at 5 a.m. because we had to make a day trip and be in and out or something. Catch a flight somewhere. Yeah, like, there was never a specific rule like will you after you're in at nine o'clock you can't leave again till this time but we all understood that the reason why there was a curfew was because they didn't want us out at night so there was no getting around it like you would have gotten trouble yeah oh is a favorite and least favorite bridget pressures (laughs) um so i'll go first so you can think about it somebody asked favorite and least favorite mansion costumes i think mine is probably a tie i'm sure i'm forgetting something somewhere mine's probably a tie between the peacock outfit and my marie antoinette outfit And as far as least favorite, one doesn't really stand out because there were probably like a handful of flops along the way. Like I know in the early days, I always felt, you know, a little disappointed that I couldn't afford like stuff from Barachi because I always wanted to look like the Bentley twins in their Barachi outfits. So sometimes I would try to make stuff and put rhinestones on it, and it turned out maybe okay or maybe not so i don't think there's like one specific thing that's a least favorite i probably have like a handful of flops in the early years
1: i have a least favorite what's that i don't like my medusa costume i don't know the snakes the snakes did not turn out anywhere near what i wanted it's not what i wanted at all but i didn't get it till the day of and so i had to have a choice in it and i just feel like i was having an off day that day anyway like i don't like my the whole look I don't like so I think that's my least favorite one thing I like about that day is
0: all three of us wore green that Halloween but we didn't coordinate yeah and I thought it was really cute because we were all coordinated in green but our costumes were so specific to our personalities like Kendra was like 70s funky and you were like Medusa scary and I was Disney princess Tinkerbell wait that wasn't the year that Kendra was army no army was when you were corpse bride and I was Cinderella oh there was that green year where we were all three green.
1: Yeah. But, but none was, of us planned it. It just happened. For some reason, I was thinking her green was the army, but that was a different year. Yeah. Um, my favorite one from the, I, I don't know, maybe, um, uh, yeah. I. Little Red was- Riding Hood with the wolf head. I do love that one, that but there's cute. too many favorites. Like, yeah. I can't I can't pick just one. Like, I'll say Corpse Bride was my favorite mm-hmm. costume because the whole overall thing. I like, like Lily Munster, though, too. Did you? That was really cute. You don't like that one? I just felt so ugly at that party. What? Yeah. That's weird. I guess we all have our off days and we don't know, but I thought you looked great. I do love the Lily Munster mm-hmm. costume. And I got to wear the original necklace. That's so cool. But... um but yeah, there was there was a lot of favorites. I have a lot of favorites, so I can't pick just one. But there's definitely some misses in there. Yeah, it's hard to pick. Next question. As Hef's assistant, did Mary
0: have to be on call 24/7? No, she just went back home to her house in the valley and Hef had like an emergency button by his bed that was like, if I'm ever dying, push this, which was kind of ominous and creepy. Um, But there was always staff at the house. So if you needed something in an emergency, like security, or like you could call down to the butlers or something like that. So she wasn't on call 24-7. She just had her regular hours that she was there during the day.
1: Yeah. When you went out to eat with Hef, would they give him the bill directly or have other people pay it?
0: (laughs) Other people would pay it. The bill would be given to security and they would pay it. I... Don't think half like ever touched his credit cards or anything like that because there's one episode where we're traveling and he's talking about how he's never touched his passport like somebody else always had his passport.
1: Isn't yeah. that weird? Well, I think it's interesting to note too just to explain how this all worked. When we went out to dinner, we would have like probably at least two if not three or four security with us mm-hmm. that... The two of them would be right in the limo with us and two would be in a trail car we always had a trail car following in case anyone needed to go home or Hef had an emergency or anything there was always a trail car so there would be two to four security and they would have their own table at whatever restaurant we went to and they would have dinner with, with us but separate from us and when the bill when Hef was ready for the bill he would give this little sign mm-hmm. and usually Mark but whoever was security there would call for the bill and would
0: How did the show decide which room to do each girl's confessional interviews in? Well, you have a whole saga with that. I think in the first couple of episodes, they were really playing around with it and didn't know what they were doing. Like at one, I think one of my first interviews, I was interviewed in the game house, which they didn't ever use again. Well, I think you were the
1: original one it was hard for because they wanted each of our bedrooms. Yeah, but obviously and they can't Yeah,
0: in Hef's room. So they started in the game house and the executive producer, Kevin, was very picky about the interview backgrounds. Like, even into the spinoff days, like, producers were terrified <laughs> to get the, like, he would he would get so specific he'd have to see it as it was happening. The interview backgrounds had to be on point. And eventually I was settled into the living room or the library because it's just very clear classic, old school,
1: goes with my vibe. And you started in your bedroom. I started in my bedroom. We did that for, I felt like a while, but maybe it wasn't as long as I thought because I'm already seeing like, in, where we're at on Girls Next Door, which is still for a season. I'm already seeing it getting moved around. Mm-hmm. But it started in my bedroom, which all was fine and dandy, except for they have to come in like three hours beforehand and they take over the whole room. The whole room. And there's like 10 people in there and they're setting up cameras and lighting and they're rearranging all my stuff in my room to get the backdrop exactly how Kevin wants it. And then once you do the interview, then you do the interview for hours. And then when it's over, it takes them forever to clean all that stuff up. So it was literally all day long in my room. And I couldn't get anything else done. And it got fucking hot in there, right? And it would get so hot. And so I finally told them, look, we can't keep doing this in my room. But before that, Halloween probably. Oh, is that what pissed him off?
0: well i i don't know pissed him off but but um i was going to talk about it when we get to the ghost busted episode two because i think the whole reason we even have a halloween episode in season one i mean kevin loved halloween of course but I think it was inspired by your bedroom because every year you would decorate your bedroom for Halloween and Kevin was like, no, we need to do interviews in there. And you're like, no, I'm decorating for Halloween. I'm decorating, And yeah. I think a Halloween episode was kind of inspired by like, well, let's at least get like an interview or two in your room and we'll just sock that in the Halloween episode. So I would imagine that's probably when they first took you out of your room. And like in the under the covers episode, we see you outside
1: once. Mm-hmm. But then where do you settle after that? Is it behind the guest house? I don't think we ever settled. So sometimes we're behind... Behind the guest house sometimes we're outside sometimes we did it in the um I mean behind the game house sorry yeah the game that's what I was thinking behind the game house um sometimes we would do it in the the guest house yeah um it just kind of moved all over sometimes we were back in my room I I feel like it just kind of moved wherever they could find the space it was always a problem
0: yeah and Kendra started in her room but they eventually moved her out to the game house And I think where we ended up really goes with our characters. Like, they always tried to put you somewhere pink and girly. I was supposed to be somewhere, like, old school and classic. And Kendra was supposed to be somewhere young and playful, like, with all the pinball machines behind her and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I do like what they did with the interviews.
1: Yeah, me too. And I honestly, at first, really loved having everybody in my room and, like, doing it in my room. But then it just was, like, so much. Like, you're so tired after. And they would leave my door open and I had my cat in there and my dog in there and stuff. Stuff. Oh, I don't know if this is a question on the Q and A, but can I answer a question that I keep getting all yeah, the time? Yeah, go for it. Because it kind of pissed me off a little bit. Somebody was asking um, if the dogs got run of the mansion, or if they if if they were locked in the rooms all day, and also my cat. Mm-hmm. And somebody said it just breaks my heart to think those dogs were in the in locked up in your rooms all day well what do people do when they have an
0: apartment well I that room was bigger than like some one bedroom apartment I went to
1: answer that person to tell them that that room was bigger than my apartment so like you would have been totally fine if I left my dog at my apartment while I went out but you're not okay with leaving him in my room first of all the dogs had pretty much free run yeah like they were in our rooms a lot of the time Mm -hmm. but they were also like when we all went out and stuff they would be downstairs with the butlers and all in like this pack like our dogs created a pack and
0: you guys like tried i swear i tried to create like a kennel club behind the <laughs> behind the game house during the days so the dogs would have like cute outdoor space and all be in one spot and wouldn't make a mess it didn't work the dogs kept getting out and Winnie's not, like, a big
1: dog that needs to go running around everywhere. She's not, like, that That would takes her all day to cross the room with her <laughs> little legs. <laughs> and Gizmo, for sure, I kept her in my room, and I didn't take her out. I mean, I took her out occasionally to go do stuff, like, bring her down to the yeah. dining room or whatever. But for the most part, she stayed in her room, and that's the way she would have wanted it. Yeah. Like, she, she was anti.
0: Were there any scrapped plot lines for episodes, either the network or Hef found them too inappropriate or risque to be filmed? That's an interesting question and one that I we will address as we go through episodes because i probably can't even remember off the top of my head we'll probably be deep into season three one day and i'll be like oh remember we were supposed to do this and then we couldn't the only thing i can think of off the top of my head and we talked about this in the pilot is when we did the sex toy tupperware party e was like we absolutely can't air that and nobody was doing anything inappropriate with the sex toys at all they just couldn't even show the sex toys on tv
1: yeah well and you guys we have talked about how um you know we've got with the the reviews that came in we've talked about the e-message boards we had uh religious groups after us we had the florida family association after us we had advertisers threatening Mm -hmm. like we had like a lot of shit going down on us at the start
0: Yeah, and I don't think we were ever trying to do anything risque on camera. Like, we always thought, you know, some nudity here and there was funny or whatever, but we weren't trying to, like, show sex life or anything like that. We were just trying to do our usual activities. Here's another superlative for you, Bridget. (laughs) Wildest trip during the mansion days. Our answers might be different because I wasn't really allowed to stick around for a lot of the stuff. Like, I couldn't stay for Kendra's 21st birthday. I had to leave early. Oh, that was wild. (laughs) Yeah, when I think of wild trips at the mansion, I I mean, I always come back to this one, Anastasia's 21st birthday, which was in season five, because I just felt like that was such a fun getaway with just the girls. Yeah. uh, And we were all wasted, and it was vaguely unsupervised. Yeah. I also felt like, I don't know if this was the wildest, but I also felt like it was kind of fun when we got to do that trip for the 55th anniversary search, and we went to, like, Dallas and New York I just felt like we could drink and like text people and just be normal 20 somethings a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know if those are like wild by
1: anyone else's standards. I think just by mine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to think. Kendra's 21st birthday was wild because we ended up at a strip club, Mm -hmm. female strip club. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, that was wild. That was for sure wild. Uh, Also, one of the wildest things I think is probably Stacy's bachelorette party and wedding. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was like... That got crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I hope we make it through this. (laughs) (laughs) What year at the mansion
0: was the most enjoyable slash least enjoyable for you? I mean, least enjoyable for me, I would have to say like either 2002 or 2003.
1: I was going to say 2002, 2003. Because I moved in
0: late 2001 and that was all like the adjustment period like a lot of crazy shit happening but a lot of like novelty cool shit that I'd never seen before in my life too but then it just kind of got into a rut with like nothing new and exciting happening the mean girls drama you know a lot of other things I don't like so my worst year would probably be like 2002 or 2003 um best year was probably just like the last
1: year I was there because I kept getting more and more confident over the Yeah, my worst year is for sure 2003. Best year was probably like, I mean, 2007, 2008. Yeah. Because we're getting paid for the show. We're getting paid for appearances. We're doing, we're traveling the world. We're going to all kinds of crazy events. Like, we're becoming famous in our own right and knowing it finally. Yeah. Like, it was exciting and um, and a lot going on. I mean, talk about a lot going on. Yeah, for sure. I remember the FBI needed to talk to me about a party that we did and there was it was such a busy year that I didn't even know which party they were referring to I was like do you do you know what outfit I was wearing like a playboy party or like a party you hosted at a club a playboy party the FBI I got I got called down and sent to an interrogation room what happened? Like, why were they asking questions? Somebody threw a party and paid us to come outside to it. Oh, so it was like a rental party in the backyard at the mansion? Yes, but we went out to it because we were paid to come out. Mm-hmm. And that person was being investigated and they wanted to know how we were paid, like how much we were paid, who gave us the check, what our agreement was, like all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, um, I don't remember this party at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was a lot of parties at this time. So Um, were you called back by the FBI after you left the mansion? This was years later. Years Whoa.
0: later, oh my! god. I would never m- remember because I'm trying. I'm trying to remember when we were ever were we ever paid to go out and do a backyard party.
1: That's what I said. I said, <laughs> hmm, we weren't re- usually paid to go out to the backyard for a party. And they're like, oh well, then you should remember this one. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't. Do you know what I was wearing? <laughs> That's what I asked him. Yeah,
0: I don't ever remember being paid to be. A- I mean, granted, things were so busy for us toward the end that it's possible we could have been paid, and I just
1: forgot about it. But. I can give you more details after this. I just don't know how much I should go into here. Oh, okay. But it freaked me out. The The FBI calling me, like, they called Nick, too. Oh, my God. And Nick was, like, on his way home from Vegas, like, with friends or something, and the FBI is calling him. Yeah, that's scary. Like, I was just like, how do they have my number? Like, oh my I guess gosh. they can get whatever they want. But And I yeah. was at lunch with Lorene, and I felt like there was these two guys sitting like at a table kind of catty corner for us and I thought it was the the FBI like there was a helicopter like overhead when I was driving home and I was like the FBI is following me you guys I literally lost my
2: shit like I'm freaked out a new year full of surprises but one thing is always predictable postage costs go up stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services so when postage goes up your business will barely notice the change Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code, PROGRAM. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. (laughs)
0: During the filming of Girls Next Door, you were prevented from having input on the creative direction or how you were portrayed. Do you think this played a role in maintaining creative control of the podcast? Absolutely, fucking It's everything. And not just the way we didn't have control over Girls Next Door, but just the way you don't have control about the way you're represented in media. Sometimes when you do interviews, people will take a quote and like use it as the headline in a misleading way. You know, so I've been burned a lot that way, too. And, yeah, I mean, it just, I would never do a project like this and not maintain control over it. No fuck, like, the whole point of this podcast is we're finally getting to, like, speak our truth without anybody else weighing in. Yeah. So, yeah. I got stressed out answering that for some reason. (laughs) I'm like, Ugh. (laughs) Will you ever have any of the producers on to discuss your theories on how the show was cut and character development? I would absolutely love to. I have friends who are producers on the show that have offered to come on. Although the specific person I'm thinking of didn't come on, I think, till season three. So I don't know how relevant it would
1: be to have that's, her on until we get there. That's what I was just going to say. Like We are, we have people that have volunteered to come on mm-hmm. the show, but they're kind of later on down the line the line and right now we're staying very chronological yeah. so we would need somebody to offer up from that was there in season one didn't somebody chime in on the moment and say hey i worked on the show season two though i think they came in oh, okay so they're coming but i'm up not close i'm not positive on that we could double check but i haven't had anybody come forward about season one yet which i would love to because that's the most critical one i feel like yeah that's when they were really trying to set us up for how
0: people were going to perceive us and it I think it would be a fascinating interview with any producer because obviously they're going to have like their whole timeline and their whole side of things and what they heard Kevin say and all that stuff. But I wonder how limited we would be as far as finding real answers because Kevin was such a control freak and so like he didn't really let anybody else at his company do creative. Like the creative was all him and everybody else was just kind of responding to his orders from what I understand. Yeah, So I don't know how much another producer would know about, oh, well, he really wanted Kendra to look this way because of this, or he really wanted Bridget to look this way. Like they might know if he said something about
1: it. I feel like he said stuff about it. And there were were definite story people that were doing storyboards and stuff like that. And I'm sure these people know stuff. Yeah, they must. And editors, these editors were told how to cut things and everything or what he's looking for. So there's people that know the answers to these questions. You know what he used to say to one of my friends who was a
0: producer is, they're like my little puppets. I can make them do whatever I want ew i know so disgusting and this was later on down the line too like i think this was during the holly's world era he said that but he was still talking about all three of us collectively because i think even after girls next door he kind of felt like he had like this kind of proprietary
1: thing over all of us he did yeah how did producers decide which playmates were regulars on the show well, they didn't really decide. Yeah, it was kind of who was there. I think they probably
0: encouraged certain people that they thought were good for others to bounce off of. Like I know Kendra kind of always had like one sidekick at a time. Like first it was Destiny, then it was Monica, then it was Brittany Binger. And I know Kevin did like Brittany Binger for certain reasons and would
1: like encourage that. But it was kind of like who we wanted to hang out with. Yeah, I feel like it was more our decision and also just who was there. Like girls came and went all the time.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes like if Kevin liked somebody's personality, you know, he might encourage that person around. I mean, there was that whole time in season five where he wanted us to like bring in new people because he thought they were going to get rid of Kendra or something. And there were like four or five other girls
1: hanging around. And you know what's so weird about it, too? There were playmates that we loved, like loved so much. Their personalities were so fun and we just thought they were the funnest people to Mm -hmm. hang out with. And Kevin wouldn't like them. And he said they didn't pop on TV. So it's so weird what personalities pop on camera and which ones don't. Yeah, you never know. Like somebody could be the most hilarious person in real life,
0: but then they kind of get a little quiet and don't really come across on camera. You never know what you're going to get. You know who always like connected so well with Sarah Underwood from day one? Yeah. And not just on Girls Next Door. You can see it with like any social media following she's ever had. It's just she really connects with people. Mm hmm. Did you guys get paid for your covers and pictorials? We did, and we got paid the same amount as a Playmate of the Month would get, which I didn't feel particularly weird about at the time, although you could argue that a quote-unquote celebrity pictorial is usually paid more.
1: Yeah, but we were just so excited to get to Pose
0: that we were like, okay. Yeah, and they would pay like $25,000 for a centerfold pictorial. So that was what we got paid. But the cover shoot, for some reason, was always $750. So we would get paid the $25,000 minus $750 for the pictorial and then $750 for the cover. But interestingly enough, like, um I have had a couple of girlfriends who were celebrity pictorials before us and they got paid a hundred thousand each and really they, yeah and they weren't even on a tv show they were just known as Hef's girlfriends and they got a hundred thousand each
1: we needed an agent working I, for us i know <laughs> this one's from crazy dreamer did you get paid for giving tours at the mansion did holly get paid for working at the studio and did bridget get paid for her radio show
0: we didn't get paid for giving tours at the mansion, and I didn't feel like I needed to.
1: Mm-hmm. I was happy to do it. Me too. I felt like it gave me purpose and it was fun. I loved doing the tours, and yeah, there wasn't a dime out of it. And nobody at the mansion's allowed to take tips either, just FYI. Yeah.
0: And it's not something I look back on and I'm like bitter about not getting paid no. at all. Like, I was happy to do it. I got a bunny costume out of it, so I felt like I scored big time. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I did get paid for working at the studio. It was very, very minimal. It's not what a salary for that type of job would be. But again, I didn't care. I was happy to do it, and I spent that salary almost all on like clothes and accessories and shoes for the playmate shoots to keep the playmate shoots on budget because I slashed the budget so hard. And sometimes I would keep the stuff because I bought it. Like if it fit me, I keep it not like laundry or anything but like shoes but it was a really 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 low salary
1: yeah for um the radio show i got paid also very very low i think it was $200 so <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't bringing home the bacon, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen there was Playboy makeup. Did
0: you ever use the Playboy makeup line? I did, and I loved it. And they gave me a bunch of free samples to use on the show. I had a whole like display set up. Wait, are they talking about the the MAC makeup line? There was a MAC Playboy... special edition like blush and lipstick but playboy yeah. had its own makeup line too oh. remember like the lipstick tubes with like the bunny on top and stuff I had oh a yeah yeah display yeah on my vanity and they were kind enough to give that to me which was great and you saw it on the show quite a bit but there was one particular lip color i really loved and was almost out of and this was like right before I moved out, I asked my assistant at the time to ask them for more of that makeup color and they freaked out on her and said, we gave her $250,000 worth of makeup and she doesn't even plug it on the show. Which first of all, you saw the makeup display on the show quite a bit. Two, there was no agreement for me to display it on the show. Like that would have had to been something I disclosed and reported for taxes and reported to Kevin and all the things. There was no agreement. Like not even like a verbal not even implied that I was aware of it was just you know and $250,000 worth of makeup I don't even think that's possible I was gonna say that is like no way so that was a really weird glitch
1: like that would be stocking a Sephora or something (laughs) yeah
0: unless there's something I don't know like maybe somebody arranged for me to get the makeup and like stole crates of makeup off the box and said that they gave it to me I don't know I don't know I don't think so but was just a really weird thing I'm like you didn't give me $250,000 Worth of makeup. Maybe $250. That's
1: what I thought you were going to say. Yeah,
0: and don't get me wrong, I was grateful for it. I thought the makeup was great. I really loved it. I loved using it. I thought it looked cute on my vanity, all the
1: things. But that, that was just weird. I remember having a few of the lip glosses with the bunny heads. I don't re- think I had the whole display. I don't remember mm-hmm. using any of the other stuff. But I do remember the MAC collaboration. And it was a... I probably have them unused, too, yeah. because they were just so cute. I didn't want to touch them. But there was a MAC um, powder, like a blush. And it had the bunny, like, embossed in it. Yeah. And then there was the lipstick, and the bunny was on it, too. Yeah, the bunny
0: was, like, imprinted on the actual product. And the colors were
1: cute. Like, I liked was like the
0: colors. It like a frosty pink. Mm-hmm. It was very MAC purr, very early 2000s.
1: I loved it. And I feel like I had a couple of them, like ones I didn't use and ones I did use. So probably when I go home and look through my stuff, I probably... Well, I don't know that I'll find that box, yeah. but there there's they probably are in there somewhere. Probably all rotted out and gross. Yeah. Did you ever
0: become friends with the crew on Girls Next Door Holly's World or Bridget's Beaches? Did it ever make things
1: awkward? And are you still friends now? Um, I definitely did. I definitely did with Girls Next Door crew. Like I've I think I've mentioned before that when um they would go away for like a season and we didn't know if they were coming back, like I would feel a lot, like a definite loss when they would pull that trailer off the property. I'd be like, ugh, I just lost my friends. It felt like family. In fact, when I went off to do Bridget's Sexiest Beaches, I requested people to work on the show that were from Girls Next Door that I specifically wanted to come on the show with me. And some I got my way and some I didn't. And I was also like very, very friendly with them to the point where one of the producers that was on my Beaches show was anti me being friendly with, the, with anybody and she was such a bitch. Why would you not want a friendly work environment? She did not want it at all. And one of the um, camera guys asked, we were in Hawaii and he said, would it bother you if my wife and kid met us here? Because we've been on the road for a long time Mm -hmm. and we weren't home for very long. And I was like, no, I would love it. I think that would be amazing. Well, this producer person flipped her shit. Oh my God. And then so it was stuff like that. And and it was just got to really, we'll talk more about that when we get to that point. But there was a very negative environment going on. That's so sad because nothing is bad better
0: than a positive environment when you're shooting a show and everybody's excited and everybody's happy. I would say the first couple seasons of Girls Next Door, there was such a heavy turnover of producers. You didn't really have a chance to get to know anybody that well. But definitely as the seasons went on, I made friends on the crew and there were certain people I requested for Holly's World and was very enthusiastic about having. And there's people that I'm still really close friends with to this day who worked on Girls Next Door and Holly's World. And it's just... I mean I, I just think back on it and it makes me so happy and like as the years went by it was always like I got to know people better and we're closer and it was just it was so much fun and especially on Holly's World because nobody was from Vegas so it kind of felt like a vacation to everybody and it was just so much fun
1: yeah the beaches show should have been so much fun there was nine of us that all yeah. traveled together it's a small pack like why can't we all be friendly and get along yeah and all of us could, except for like one or two people that had to ruin it for everyone.
0: Bad apples.
1: Mm-hmm. Jamie asks, when watching the episode and recording commentary, did any drama happen while doing so? I can imagine what things actually said or edited to look certain ways. There might have been some weird feelings going on absolutely overall i really enjoyed doing commentary
0: we would sit in a sound booth all day and watch the entire season our voices would be gone by the end of the day we'd order pizza kind of like today today has that vibe because we're recording a lot and we're ordering pizza it was really fun i felt like it was a chance for me to have a little bit of a say obviously not going to say anything that throws anybody under the bus or gets me in trouble but yeah, there were feelings. Like We talked about how episode five, Fight Night, in the commentary, I'm like really harsh on Barbie, which I should never have been. I was just kind of taking out my anger on that situation. And I'm sure as we move forward watching this show and watching the show with commentary, we'll always keep you guys informed when we remember things from the commentary sessions. Overall, I remember it being a really great experience and having fun doing the commentary. The only real drama I remember was when we did the commentary for season five because we had all already moved out obviously we've like moved on all to different men new men in our lives and you know there were things in the edits I was seeing that I didn't like and I wasn't reacting to the edits the way Kevin wanted me to and that made him really angry Kendra was saying things that weren't mean they were just like lighthearted, funny stories she was telling but Kevin would like stop and be like no you can't say that because it makes half look bad so I, I the most drama I remember was like the very last season.
1: Yeah, for me, I like I remember commentary being really fun. I know you and I both really enjoyed it. I think Kendra did not enjoy it. She hated sitting there and rewatching everything and and feeling like she needed to comment on stuff. She was pretty quiet in most commentary. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like for the most part, though, we all got along really well in it. Um, and yeah, we were I think all we very all had fun.
0: The three of us together, and I think the three of us were always like on the same team. Yeah. And I might be surprised moving down the road as we watch these episodes with commentary because I haven't watched them with commentary. But I don't remember like us really getting snippy with each other. There's a much. few
1: points I feel like, but I I definitely watch the commentary after each episode and I write them in my notes like things that we said in commentary mm-hmm. and any like weirdness I sense in commentary yeah. or remember when I'm watching it. So we definitely will. Um, um, on a case-by-case, case, like, bring those up. Um, and there were I do remember there being some awkward moments, like, definitely, uh, like, kind of like that shower scene and stuff, uh-huh. like, I want to be respectful to you guys and, and your thing and stuff, but I also want to say, like, my yeah. piece, like, that kind of thing. So there was, like, awkward moments about, like, okay, well, this is really embarrassing now after the fact that everything's fixed, but I still have yeah. to comment yeah. on it, like, you know. It's kind of like the podcast, even. Like, there's things that are all said and done when you watch the whole arc of the Mm -hmm. show people see you a certain way but you're what when we're talking about this podcast we're talking about it in the moment of each episode yeah and I feel like people don't don't understand that that we're not like trying to look forward and what happens coming up we're only taking it from how we felt at that moment and I and I feel like that's kind of what commentary made us do too totally okay so apples and bananas asks what do you think has been your favorite opportunity that has come since doing the show Like, is there something that stands out as something you wouldn't have been able to do if it hadn't been for the show? I don't know if they mean, like, after
0: the show or during the show. Because I feel like there were so many things I did after the show that I couldn't have done without the fan base from the show. Yeah. Obviously, like, it's all cause and effect and leads to each other. Um, But when I'm thinking of about, like, being on the show, opportunities that I wouldn't have been able to do without it, definitely working at the studio. That was a big one.
1: Yeah. I mean... There were so many opportunities and still opportunities because of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know how to separate that. Like I can't separate yeah. it. I feel like. But uh, one thing that stands out while I was there is like getting to do that O rehearsal thing. Yeah, with, that was so cool with Cirque du Soleil. Um, was amazing. Uh, I mean, there's just so much, mm-hmm. so so much stuff. I can't even. Being even... in the
0: magazine, we were yeah. not gonna be doing
1: that if it wasn't for the show. Yeah. So there's uh, the. Track traveling that we did. Mm-hmm. I don't think we would have done that extensive traveling if it wasn't for the show. Our spinoffs probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, for or sure. Wouldn't have happened yeah. without the show. So there's just so much. How did you clear filming celebrities for the show? I think if they were having
0: a celebrity come on um, like a Sean White or a Kelly Slater, obviously they would, you know, have discussed that with their agents and signed a release. As far as celebrities at the parties, there was just signs everywhere at the mansion when you walked in the door saying if you walk into the party you consent to being filmed
1: even places we went they put a sign up outside the door Mm -hmm. and people that came in just had to know they were being filmed and if you had a problem with it you didn't come in yeah and that they would do that at restaurants that we were filming in Mm -hmm. they would do it at like all kinds of events and things that we went to like even parties like I know we talked about Benchwarmer earlier but one of the fun things about Benchwarmer too is the parties yeah they always had them at Bliss
0: that Mm -hmm. nightclub mm-hmm Why can't you sue the network now for airing the show without paying you guys and airing selling nudity without consent? Well, I, it's not the network's fault. It was Playboy. Playboy was the gatekeeper. They decided whether or not we got paid. I mean, I've even talked to executives that were there during Girls Next Door and they were like, we had no idea how the sausage was made. We just liked the show. Yeah. I mean, of course they had their own requests and what they wanted out of the show and, and but as far as how we were paid or anything like that was all playboy and as far as not informing us how the nudity was going to be used i feel like that should have been i mean if playboy is gatekeeping us as far as like how we were going to get
1: paid that should have been their responsibility too well playboy and prometheus which is the production yeah. company but um but i think prometheus was allowing playboy to take over on that and playboy was like or hef was like mm-hmm. no yeah uh which episode would you delete from existence if you could damn i would have a long ass list would you well i'm not very far along so i'm still in season one yeah uh so i would out of these episodes so far i would delete episode two right off the face of the planet yeah
0: episode two is really unfair
1: i would definitely delete chocolate vagina oh see i'm not even there yet I forgot about chocolate vagina chocolate vagina i was so uncomfortable with that whole thing I know we're going to get into it yeah, at that point. Yeah, that's a
0: whole fucking story. Just, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of others I would love to delete from existence. I hate in season two, Hefs and My Anniversary episode. Oh. i delete that one. I mean, there's probably a lot more I'm just
1: not thinking of, but those are the two that really popped to mind. Well, that's the one that pops to mind for me. I'll call them out as I find them, though. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a full rewatch of season five, and the timeline seems weird. Was it staged? season five was definitely
0: staged a lot of and manipulated a lot of it and i can't even break it down for you right now because i haven't watched season five since we did the commentary for it way back in 08 or 09 i think it was 08 And I like when we get to it, I'm gonna have to break out all my day planners. I'm gonna have to break out all my pictures because it's gonna be confusing to even us because they cut and pasted that thing so weirdly, it makes no sense. And it was not representative of what was actually going on
1: at all. Right. And even what's on the show, from what I remember, is totally different than what was happening in real life. And all this other stuff is happening in real life. And I was, and I even struggled to keep it straight. Like, okay, so I came back from filming and when did I start boxing up my stuff like when did I actually le- like it's all very very confusing mm-hmm. well speaking of boxing up your
0: stuff the next question is what is the process of moving out of the mansion pack and dip two weeks notice eviction it's different for everybody when I was brand new I saw a couple people get kicked out and when I say kicked out I mean they were not at the house one day assistants went in and packed up all their shit in boxes and sent it somewhere And they were not allowed back in the house. And that was kind of, I've mentioned this before, but that was kind of scary to me. That kind of made me think like, oh shit, I need to like not get kicked out or leave on bad terms. Or I'm going to be worse off than I was before.
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw people leave in all different ways. Um, I see people like pack up before they got, just before they got kicked out. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen, um, I've seen a
0: couple or at least one I can think of you can't fire me because I quit moments where yeah. they were
1: like getting kicked out and they're like, well, I'm leaving. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. <laughs> totally. And then there's people like crystal who like gave everybody warning. Mm-hmm. And so they're leaving and like packed up, but then never really left. Yeah. And there's people that came and went and came and went and came and went like Stacy, like she was uh-huh. on and off a lot of times um so there was a lot of different things I know for me uh I had a kind of a a set idea in mind and then that process got sped up a lot and then my um but I was also off filming for Mm -hmm. the beaches show but my sister was going to UCLA so she would come over and start packing my stuff but it was like a weeks long process because my sister's packing everything up and then I would do what I could when I got home and yeah it took a while.
0: Yeah, for me, it was like I broke it off with Hef. I moved down the hall into a different room and just told him I wanted to stay there until I could, like, pack up my stuff and finish shooting the scenes I needed to shoot for season five. And I was probably there for, like, I think two months
1: after I broke it off. I was there. Yeah. And I still don't think all my stuff got packed up. (laughs) One thing I noticed in a few episodes that Hef and his brother would always give each other an envelope. Do you know what it was and why? I was really intrigued with this question,
0: and I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for it in the show because I never noticed footage of that before. Me neither. My first thought is I know Hef at least partially supported his brother, so it might have been money. Yeah. And it seems weird to me that he would like hand him an envelope of cash, but Hef was very weird about the way he would share with people. So well, that he could have been it.
1: Our allowances were in cash, so know, and we had to theor- come track it down. <laughs> yeah, so theoretically, he would bring it down to Keith in a, you know, like a envelope.
2: Possibly yeah.
1: that was my first thought too. That of what was it my could thought. be, but I've never seen that exchange. I don't even feel like I've seen that exchange in real life Me versus either. on the I can't show. Picture it. And also, this question
0: said Hef and his brother would always give each other an envelope. Oh, like, I wonder other. if Keith
1: ever gave Hef an envelope. I don't know what that would have been. Oh, that might be something else then. Like maybe they had like um movie nights, n- notes or like some sort yeah, of betting thing going on or something like between yeah, the two. Yeah, maybe they were betting on something. Yeah, I feel I like know. I feel like that I like that kind of rings a bell. Like that something rings I've heard out to
0: me too. Like maybe with one of their card games or Yeah. Oscar ballots or things. The
1: like card that. games. I feel like after they did the card games, like the next weekend they would bring money and like each other off or something i feel like that did happen maybe yeah that would be my best guess i think yeah it's something in those lines though do you think that if social media was around during your time at the mansion that the world would have seen right around right through all his bullshit would he have been canceled
0: i don't think people would have necessarily seen right through because when no. you're living there you need to follow the rules and you don't want to piss anybody off so if I'm being careful as fuck in front of the girls next door cameras I also would have been careful as fuck on social media oh yeah so I don't think you necessarily would have had people I mean we live in a culture where people like love to overshare a lot on social media so I feel like the difference would have been like The second the mean girls got kicked out, they probably would have like jumped right on social and like aired the dirty laundry. Like that's kind of like how people do things these days, I think. I don't know about canceled. I'm not a fan of cancel culture. I think people think I wrote my book to try to cancel Hef, but when I wrote my book, I had zero care how it would affect him either way. And I didn't really think he was cancelable. I don't even know if quote unquote canceling was a thing in 2015, but it wasn't like somebody could have fired him and, kicked him out of his house you know there just wasn't any change that would have been made so i don't know that things would have been different yeah i think it would have been more dramatic and way more of a shit show between the girls had we had social media because everybody it would just would have upped the ante as far as like the competitiveness and who has the most followers who's buying followers who's photoshopping themselves who dished dirt on somebody else on their live the other day like it would have been scandal fucking city
1: yeah but it would've been sure. scandal between the girls. Like half would have just been shrugging, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'm glad we didn't have to deal with all that amongst everything else we had to deal with. Me too. If TikTok
0: was around back then, would it have been better or worse for haters? You know, I feel like I know a lot of people don't like TikTok as far as a place for negativity in the comments section. For me, TikTok isn't the most negative outlet though. Like I feel like I get a lot more positivity and support in my comments section on TikTok than I do. I feel like Twitter is the absolute worst. Twitter is a fucking dumpster fire. You get the meanest, craziest people who just say the most outlandish shit and then instagram is toxic in its own way but i feel like instagram is a little easier now because there's settings you can put on your account when you block somebody it blocks any other accounts they might make that's like linked to their apple account so i feel like instagram feels a little safer than it used to
1: but yeah i don't think haters would have been worse because of tiktok have you spoken to sandra since secrets of playboy i don't think we spoke with sandra on secrets of playboy no, um
0: I haven't spoken to Sandra. I would love to. I would love to have her on the show. But also um just because somebody else was on Secrets of Playboy and had bad stories about the mansion doesn't mean they like me. And I'm not saying Sandra, like Sandra and I've met before and she was great, but I know there's other people who like have their own bad stories about the mansion, but it doesn't mean they feel a kinship with me. Like they also hate me. Like I get the hate from both sides. So <laughs>
1: um did Hef ever reach out to either of you after you left oh yeah too much
0: (laughs) it was to the point where it was inappropriate like he was always sending letters to my house in just times i felt like were inappropriate and like i had moved on and was in a new relationship and i kind of felt like it was disrespectful and he was still acting a little bit proprietary like i was part of his stable or something and there was a part of me that was like back the fuck off dude like let me live my life yeah
1: it's I just weird. Yeah, I definitely still received correspondence from him and when I say correspondence I mean mail. He letters letters in the mail and um, and phone calls and um, office people calling to relay messages for him, but also being invited to things and events and stuff. So there was good and bad both for mm-hmm. and that happened for several years several years after.
0: What are your guys' dream locations in California to live? LA. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it here. Well, do you have like a haunted house or something? Let's get specific. Oh, very specific, like where yeah. I'd want to live here. Let, let me think about that for a minute. You answer. Okay. I mean, in a
0: way, I kind of feel like I live in my dream location. Like, ever since I knew what the neighborhood I'm in now was, I wanted an original house from that neighborhood. And a weird story is like, when I was in grade school, I was outside playing with friends and we were like just talking random shit and like, where do you want to live when you grow up? And I said I wanted to live in the Hollywood Hills, and I didn't even know what that was, except I'd read somewhere that Madonna lived in the Hollywood Hills, and I loved Madonna and never thought about it again. But I was on a walk one day, and I realized that I live really close to the house Madonna lived in at that time. And I'm like, whoa, I kind of manifested this a long-ass time ago. Yeah. But to be honest, guys, I would not mind being in Vegas more full-time than I even am now. Like, I really just love Vegas. I know that's not in California. It doesn't count,
1: but... <laughs> um yeah for me it's a matter of finding like the perfect place I feel like I haven't found my perfect living spot in LA yet yeah I'm still looking but I know it's out there because I feel it I feel like calling to me I just haven't found it yeah
0: and there's downsides don't get me wrong like I feel very very safe where I am because it's kind of like tucked up in this woodsy portion of the hills but you know you gotta drive down to normal Hollywood and it's not in the best shape right now
1: right it's kind of scary yeah, but I do love I do love California, and I love Southern California. Nick's always talking to me about Would you ever move like another state or something? I'm Does like, he want to? Sorta. He's an adventurer, but he's lived in he's lived in L. A. his entire life, like born and raised here. So, which is rare. Yeah. An L. A. person. I always wonder about L. A. born and raised people if they would really like somewhere else. Yeah, I feel like not because we're really spoiled with like weather and stuff. This next question is from Sarah Ann. Do you think there will ever be a point in the future where you get to walk through the doors of the mansion? Bridget, are you ever super curious about how bedroom three looks now? I don't think there'll ever be a point where we get to walk through the mansion doors again. I could be wrong. I mean, it seems doubtful because I think the guy who owns it now is like super,
0: super just private. And like, why would he care? I would love to see it again, though obviously, because I would love to see the zoo and see like what animals are there. And I feel like it would be I mean, I could be wrong, like maybe I would have a not good reaction to go up there again. But I feel like it would be kind of healing just to see that property and like appreciate it for what it is architecturally and see it kind of like settled. Like it might feel like a breath of fresh air to just see it as a home.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it would be a little bit heartbreaking for me because I've heard that somebody told me that if they were to blindfold me and put me in the Great Hall, that I would not even recognize where I was. See, I find that so hard to believe. Like, because do you think they, like, there's no way they took out, like, the stained glass
0: windows? See,
1: that's what I'm thinking, too. Somebody told me that he's leaving all that architectural uh-huh. stuff. So I can't imagine that the Great Hall itself would look so different. But that's yeah. just what I was told. Now, my room is very disappointing because it was changed it was changed after I left and it's and been changed. changed to like
0: bland right like yeah you just paint the walls like baby blue or
1: something yeah it's been it's changed to complete boring and nothing again and I can't imagine what the person next will do with it but it'll be nothing like what I had for sure and it's sad too because I always had these thoughts that someday after Hef was gone they would turn it into like a Graceland type thing and that our rooms would kind of stay I mean, obviously, yeah. this is not going to happen, but like I, I secretly thought that our rooms would be preserved or rebrought back to that because it was sort of a heyday yeah. and things that people would recognize that at least mine and Kendra's rooms would be brought back to that and people would walk through and there'd be like a little rope crossing yeah. door and be like, this was Bridget's room. Mm-hmm. But that will never be.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what half wanted. He wanted it to be like a Graceland, but A, the zoning would be impossible and that property's just so freaking expensive that to like maintain something like that would be nuts. Yeah. I mean, I might like it better <laughs> having it
1: see it as like a nicer house, but I don't know. I want to do it so bad though. I want to go there. I really want to go there. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's a quest. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a journey that needs to be put to rest.
1: So I'd be open for the opportunity, absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But I can always hope. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I think those are the best of the questions we got. Sounds good. This week. So we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Be sure to check out our Patreon for more content at patreon.com slash level.